My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Yo, birdie buddies, today's fairway rolling brought to you as always by our good pals at Callaway Golf. Callaway makers of the Chrome Soft Golf Ball, now available with the triple track technology. You asked. They heard you. They answered. You can get the beautiful Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X Golf Ball with the triple track alignment technology. It's very helpful. I just ordered a dozen for myself. You can't miss putts with these golf balls. CallawayGolf.com. You can order them right this second. Also, a quick word from Pierre Henry. Do you own dress socks? My birdie buddies, do they often roll down to your ankles? Well, Pierre Henry, a Harvard-based startup, is revolutionizing the dress sock industry. They make comfortable socks that actually stay up. They come in several trendy designs. I have a couple pairs, and they have over 700 five-star reviews. The trendy is on point. Now, look, these things are good with, with jeans, with slacks, whatever you want. Special offer for Fairway Rolling listeners. You can get 20% off any order when you visit www.phsocks.com and use the coupon code FAIRWAY. That's www.phsocks.com, code FAIRWAY. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other, you have done it. We're here together. It is another episode of Fairway Rolling Golf Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at Callaway Golf on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House. We are still trying to make sense out of Tiger Woods winning the Masters. This week's show, very blessed to have Amanda Balionis from CBS Sports, who was physically there all week long at Augusta National. Amanda walks us through her experience on that Sunday. Of course, Verno was on. We do a couple picks on the on the Zurich Classic. We try to make some sense out of what the hell happened to DJ down there in South Carolina. And then Schusty comes on, and we're talking about some golf social. These walk-up songs at the Zurich Classic. It makes this tournament a little bit of fun. We uh, try and break down the best music. Let's just uh, get on to the first tee. It looks open right now. We're getting waved on. Let's go ahead and let out a little driver, my friends. My Eagle enthusiasts, we are in New Orleans, so the only way to get our guests on the tee is with our, our buddy Emerald. Are you well, bam, on the tee, Amanda Balionis. All right, my friends, on the line, you know her from all of her 
incredible appearances on CBS Sports. Most recently, she's been on a tear with the golf broadcast. Amanda Balionis, welcome back to Fairway Rolling. Oh, thanks for having me back. <laughs> well, look, you came on the very first show in January. A um, couple things have happened. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. Well, I want to start with um, perhaps the biggest upset of 2019, which is this. I uh, follow you on the Instagram, and I recommend that everybody do so. It's a great, you're a great follow. Uh, All kinds of walks of of life, golf life, celebrity life, uh, yoga life, puppy life. You got it all covered. (laughs) Um, but I saw you yesterday. This is the biggest upset of 2019. Now, uh, Amanda, mm-hmm. you were drinking or you were drinking a beverage that was not coffee. <laughs> you had your feet up on the table. It was a beautiful view. You're at Hilton Head. What were you drinking? I know. Well, you know, sometimes I've been told drinking like four plus cups of coffee a day is not good for you. So I decided oh. to balance it out with Michelob Ultra. Low carb nice. and still pretty healthy, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I couldn't tell how many you had there. It didn't look like you had enough for me. Um, but I, I will tell you, Michelob Ultra is one of my... Now, they don't sponsor this podcast. They're welcome to if they'd like to, in addition to our great friends at Callaway, obviously. But I'm going to give them a shout right? out. Yeah, of course. I'm going to give them a shout out because they are one of the beers that I uh, enjoy on the golf course. It's a light one. You can power through one or two or seven or eight, depending on your proclivity. And it uh, gives you a nice, you know, you are not, you don't feel weighed down at the end of the round. You just get that, get to your happy place. And that's all we're after, right? That, right. I'm just trying to get to my happy place without getting a gut. And it's that's really all. difficult to do actually those two things at the same time but that but Michelob Ultra feels like a good balance for that <laughs> this is this is a, pr- a perfect segue as always you as a as a broadcast professional know how to tee these things up you just arrived in New Orleans Louisiana right yesterday or today I did I got in yesterday yesterday now let, let's tell everybody this is we'll get to some important golf uh talk in a minute but first we have to cover beer and food because you're in new Orleans and then that's what the, the, uh, the, the draw is this week. What was the first new Orleans meal you had? Don't disappoint me, Balionis. I know. And actually I told you I was going to try to stay in my room last night and not immediately get on all of the delicious food that is new Orleans. But I did go to Emerald's restaurant and had an amazing meal. One of the first things I ate, was a charbroiled oyster. <laughs> good. See? All right. Bam. Yeah. Can I do that? Yeah. I mean, I'll just go so ahead good. and do the terrible bam. Uh right out of the box yeah. there. Okay. Well, good. The charbroiled, I mean, that is a that's a New Orleans classic. Uh did, it had the parmesan, right? Did you have some of the parmesan on there? Yeah, of course. Give me all yeah, okay. of the things. The yes, the butter oysters. and the parmesan. Yeah, okay, good. And then I'm saving my obsession, which are beignets. For Sunday night because I've designated this year Sunday night is cheat night so I get to eat all of the things that I crave at every single stop for like just one night in the week so those are when I'm going to put down about six beignets at Cafe Du Monde with a nice coffee <laughs> well I'm going to uh I mean I I admire your commitment I admire your discipline you you know that the and this is not intended as any disrespect to the Zurich classic but this golf tournament has a reputation on tour as being like primarily the premier food destination of of all the events that the guys play on throughout the year. You really are, you're telling, you're telling us right now that you are going to mainly lay off until Sunday. Is that what you would have us believe? I am because the problem is actually (laughs) last year, this event, I ate my way through New Orleans, and I have still have no regrets over it. However, someone did tweet me on Sunday telling me how glowing I look pregnant and how sad they're going to be when I take my maternity leave, to which I had to respond, oh, no, I'm not pregnant. It's just a New Orleans food baby. No way. <laughs> so no. If I hold have, on. If I can, <laughs> 
You had a New Orleans food baby? I did, and I wasn't even like, I was like, yeah, I know how this happened, and I actually don't have any regrets about it, because I've been eating the best food of my whole life all week. Oh my God. I didn't think that my my admiration for you uh, uh, could, could grow anymore, but that is outstanding. I'm so proud of you. That makes me so happy. Thank you. But I, I understand. I okay. Yeah. So this year we, we're not going for a food baby. That's fine. I get it. I'm with you. We're going to try to avoid the food baby until Sunday night when people can't make fun of me for it on camera. <laughs> All right, good enough. I I I, I admire uh, the the commitment. Now now look, I, I have to ask you. We have to begin. You you spent uh, an incredibly long stay in Augusta, Georgia. Were you there ten days or longer? Longer. I think I was longer. there for a little over two weeks. Yeah. Oh my god. So uh, yeah, the first. It was awesome. Are you recovered? Um, I think so. Today's kind of a chill day, so I'm trying to get all my sleep and naps and relaxation in. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's funny because like that, being in Augusta, Georgia, you're just so amped up the whole time. Like it is, it's such a crazy feeling. So it took me all of last week really to like start to come down and unwind, which yeah. I'm pretty high strung, but it usually doesn't take me that long <laughs> to come down. Um, but yeah, it's, the energy there is just, it's unlike anything else. And especially after, you know, the two weeks that we had there with women's amateur. And then obviously what we're going to talk about what happened on Sunday at Augusta National. I, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's taken me a while to come back down for sure. So I, I'm glad that you, you mentioned um, the women's a- amateur, the Augusta National women's amateur, the first uh, time it's ever been competed. This very cool um, opportunity for amateur women to come uh, play on the grounds of Augusta National. And you were yeah. there for the entirety of that um, tournament. I, I'm just fascinated by, uh, you know, kind of two things. In the first place, what was the vibe like? You know, because it's it's as much smaller could meaning. You know, it's not that traditional um, master's kind of feel where, the city is is bursting and it takes a long time to get to get around and everything. It was a much more like intimate kind of vibe. Um, what was that experience like? Yeah, I, it, you know, it was awesome. And I didn't know what to expect. And I think that was the coolest thing about being a part of the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur is none of us knew what to expect, you know, not even the women competing. And the, I mean, Augusta National, they, I mean, you know, and everyone knows if you've ever watched the Masters or been to the Masters, there's no detail that is left just not thought about, right? And it was the same exact treatment like we see at the Masters with the paying attention to detail. That exact thing was applied to the Augusta National Women's Amateur. And it was so cool to see these women amateurs arrive at Champions Retreat, where the first, you know, two rounds were were contested, and every day witnessed them like allowing it to sink in what they were actually a part of, you know, because it was pretty relaxed. Like the first day, first two days, and then on the third day, they all got to drive down Magnolia Lane, and there was, uh, you know, they got they had a chairman's dinner with Chairman Ridley. Um, They got to play their practice round. Then everyone, whether you made the cut or not, you got to play your practice round with an Augusta national caddy plus a guest. Um, You know, so you're, you're a lot of the kids had like their moms or dads with them, moms and dads with them. Um, You know, so they, they got to experience things that nobody really gets to experience. And then the final round happened and, I, Jennifer Cupcho is, is such a great example of this. Of course, she went on to win and she did what five under on her final six holes with an eagle on 13. It was just, it was stupid good. I mean, she was unbelievable. Um, but at the beginning of the week, you could tell she didn't really think that this amateur event was going to be one that stuck out to her in her amateur career. And by the time I was doing the sit down interview with her with the trophy, after she had won, I mean, she was getting choked up and she was telling me this by far is the most important victory I've had in my amateur career. You wow. know, so it was, it was really cool to just watch the progression 
um, of the women understanding what they were just a part of. And I'll tell you, I, I had no idea what to expect in terms of patrons that were going to be there for that final Saturday round. Yeah. And I went, well, you know, I like basically lived there for a month. So I joined <laughs> a gym and my gym was actually near the entrance um, of where everyone was going to go in for the women's amateur. And I was in traffic getting, okay. trying to go to the gym. Wow. Because there were right. so many people getting there. So it was, I mean, it was for sure. I, and more people than you could ever expect showed up to watch these make history. It was loud. I mean, it was, I was on the practice facility doing a tribe dip and putt challenge with Niall Horan and uh, one of the other participants, Olivia Mahaffey. And when Jennifer Cupjo won, so we were about, you know, we were a couple hundred yards away. She won and Niall looked at me and said, that was a tiger roar. Like it was that loud on the golf course when she won, when she put in that final putt. So I mean, it, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. So um, yeah, to start the, to start the Augusta national experience with that week and then roll right into the masters, you couldn't ask, you really couldn't ask for a better lead in and then obviously a better result. Yeah. So let's talk about your, um, master's week sort of proper. What was your set of responsibilities? The CBS broadcasts were primarily, um, Saturday, Sunday, right? Right. So we start our broadcast though. I mean, our digital coverage is it's right. unbelievable that week. Um, so I, my roles were, I was doing the interviews with yep. players at the practice facility on a show called On the Range. So I did Got that it. Monday to Friday. And then it would stay after and do the interviews for our late show as well that airs, um, you know, later in the evening every night too. So once, once play began on Thursday and Friday. So that those are my main responsibilities. Um, you know, in addition to just making sure I was all caught up on every transcript, every interview, watching um, the rounds as closely as I could Thursday and Friday, and then obviously Saturday, Sunday, we we got it going on on the Masters on CBS, which is just the best thing on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let's let's set the scene now. Um, during the course of the week, what was the sentiment? How did it feel? in terms of, of, um, possible winners, because, you know, one of the, the storylines we talked about going into that week was like the wealth of talent, how deep the field was and how many guys were playing, came into the masters playing well and how it really felt like it could be kind of a shootout scenario. Um, and, and, and then, uh, Bryson and Brooks go out on Thursday they go low. Brooks is, you know, obviously uh, won, you know, two of the last three majors, and and uh, you know showed up in 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 form that was unexpected because of of the diet thing that he'd gone through. And Bryson, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I still can't get over that. Right, Bryson, you know, with all the wins that he had, uh, you know, last year, not that surprising for those two guys. And then you start looking at the leaderboard, and each day that at the end of the day. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, lots of major winners at the top of, of that leaderboard. How was the feeling there um, in terms of like being on the grounds and when you were interviewing guys coming off the course? How, how did it feel? Yeah, I mean, the overwhelming sentiment just on the course when you're out there walking, listening to patrons, you know, even in the TV compound, like whatever it was, everyone just couldn't believe what an amazing leaderboard we had. Like we all felt just so lucky to be there at this masters because it felt so special. You know, it's, it was unreal when you look at that leaderboard on heading into the weekend, the best players in the world were playing their best golf, you know, at, you know, at arguably the best tournament in the world. I mean, it was, just, it was so cool. It was so cool to just witness it and be there and see it and feel what that was like because everyone was feeding off of the excitement that was happening on the golf course. You know, it was just, it was unbelievable. Um, and yeah, it's a players coming off of the course. They, I, their energy was, was through the roof too. You know, everyone was just so excited. I think to be there is the guys were excited to be playing well. Um, 
yeah, it was, it was just overwhelming energy and excitement. I would say like, that was the way I would describe it from, from start to finish. It, it had a completely different feel um, than probably any other tournament I've been a part of. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the excitement of the guys coming off the course through kind of the entirety of, of your experience with it, because that's the thing I'm most interested in hearing your experience of on, on Sunday, you know, because the tournament yeah. remained, you know, uh, uh, open to, you know, we didn't know who, who was going to win the golf tournament until really, um, tiger birdied 16 and DJ missed his yeah. birdie putt on, on, on 18. That's really what set it up for tiger to have the two stroke lead. As guys came off the golf course on Sunday, what kind of vibe were you getting? Yeah, you know, it, it was interesting because, as, listen, you have a chance to win a green jacket. You don't win the green jacket that year. You're, it's not going to be great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not going to feel psyched. great. Um, yeah. But when you consider the personalities, who these guys were, and I think this, to me, is what separates the elite players that win often to the players that maybe don't is every single one of these players that I talked to after Sunday, when they did not win, you could tell they were like, yeah, I let this one get away, but there's going to be more. And they were still proud of their performance. They were of course disappointed. Um, but they also were all very vocal about how special it was to see Tiger Woods win again. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the only thing I think you need to see to understand what this meant to everyone in the world of golf was when you go back and watch the Masters broadcast on Sunday, how many players and past champions were waiting for Tiger outside of scoring. I mean, yes. that it was, a, it was a huge amount of guys, you know, and, and players that didn't have to stay and, and congratulate him, but they wanted to do that in that moment. Um, I thought I learned a lot from Xander Shoffley. Um, we all know he's a stud player, right? There's, there's no questioning that he's already a world golf champion. He's what, you know, he's, he's so many wins under his belt, uh, for such a young age. But when I spoke to him on Sunday, he was so positive and said to me on air, I proved to myself that I can win this tournament. And I still get goosebumps thinking about it because just his mentality walking off the golf course, it wasn't like, man, that was my one chance to win a major and I let it get away. He walked off thinking, yeah, I can go do this. Let's go. And I just feel like that might've been a turning point in his career where we now see him start to compete and start winning. And, you know, he's going to be in contention. I feel like in most major championships. I, I really feel like he proved a lot to himself on that Sunday. Um, you know, and Francesco Molinari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, same thing. Like, yeah, was he disappointed? Of course he was. But he knows how good he is. And he knows that there's going to be more. And, and so that, to me, was the vibe. Same thing with Brooks Kepka. Um, You know, I, I asked him, the first question I asked him was, you know, the last major championship, it was Tiger waiting for you at the PGA. And now you just waited for him as he won the next major in the Masters. And, and what is this like? And he went on to talk about this multiple times with multiple outlets, but just talking about how, you know, how inspiring that comeback was and what that means to the game of golf in general. So, you know, I think everyone's disappointed, but obviously there is a little bit of a difference when you have a comeback story like we just saw from Tiger Woods, because we don't get many of those comeback stories to that level in my opinion, that then we saw on that Sunday. Yeah, you're right. And that's not even a, a matter that you have to say is in your opinion. It's it, This is going down as one of the all-time great uh, comebacks in the history of, of American sports. H how was it? Yeah. So wh where from, from where your vantage point, could you um, see a scoreboard? Like, how were you able to keep track of what was happening? Yeah, I mean, well, my setup, I always have... Um, you know, I always have a uh, monitor, so I'm watching the broadcast. So you're surrounded by yeah, TVs. The, I, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm watching it the same way the viewers are, only I obviously have my, my ISP in so I can talk to, to my producer and stuff. But yeah, I'm watching it right along with everyone else. So you were, you were in the minute. Now, did any of the guys coming off in those last groups um, linger a little bit to watch what was happening? 
Yeah. I mean, they all did not, not where I was, but I could see them and yeah, they all stayed in and watched yeah. it in, in its entirety, which was, again, I mean, I, I think that just puts a point of emphasis on how special this was because most players after, you know, I, I hate saying losing a major championship because I mean, it's, you know, whatever, but after not winning a major, most guys would want to get out of there as quickly as possible. And that was the complete opposite of what happened. Yeah. Now, did you um, cross paths with Tiger after he won at all? No, I did not. It was yeah. obviously he goes right to right. Jim Nance and Butler cabin and, and does his thing. But, you know, I got the chance to interview him every day, you know, yeah. prior to Sunday. And, I I kept walking away after every interview thinking, man, this is the most positive, upbeat and focused. I I think I've heard him, you know, in in a very long time. So he just had a different vibe to him that week, you know, and I think that really came across on camera, too. It really did. I, it's so true. I had that observation. You're, you're so on point with that. I did a radio hit on Friday afternoon after um he finished so we got to see i had the benefit of seeing um his reaction to his thursday round and his reaction to his friday round and and mm. who the the folks uh on the radio thing said what do you take you know sort of make of of his his demeanor right now he seems so so chill and i said i i'm honestly like blown away by it because yeah. It, it's it really was uh like a, a kind of a validation of what we suspected he was kind of up to in the first part of the season. There was this um sentiment, you know, on on uh the Monday of Masters week when you were sort of I was talking to folks and asking how do you think he's gonna do and what should our expectations be for him at the this 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 week. Um and you know, he hadn't really uh, threatened to win any tournament um, up to uh, the Masters. And there was some, we were kind of wondering aloud, is this kind of deliberate? Like, it's not like he would ever go play it not to win. But, you know, is this, is his focus so, uh, uh, you know, tied exclusively to the Masters that he's he's satisfied with just getting the work in, getting the rounds in, he's building towards something which was sort of different this year than last year where he was still kind of finding out what he was capable of physically and mentally. And he was so self-possessed in those, in those interviews Thursday and Friday, it kind of really did like put you on notice. And this is the thing I said on the radio head, like he, he really is giving off this vibe. Like he's planning on winning this golf tournament. (laughs) Well, I mean, I knew it from when I interviewed Justin Thomas, the Tuesday or Wednesday before the tournament on the, on the range show and asked him who he's gotten the most advice from around this golf course. And one of the first things he said to me was Tiger, stop giving me advice. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I was like, it is on, you know, I mean, cause he did, I mean, it, for the last, a lot of years, Tiger has taken it upon himself to take a lot of these Jupiter guys and beyond under his wing and, and give them tips and give them his insight. And he stopped doing that this week. He was not going to help anybody because he was, like you said, he was finally ready and thought he was capable of of winning the Masters. That's so good. It's so good. So uh, when did you leave? Did you leave the Monday after? I did the Monday after. And then I, um, yeah, I had to actually fly right to LA for, for another um, thing. And then it came where then where did I go? Yeah, and then I flew right to Hilton Head. For to Hilton Heads. You know, you're not supposed to do that. L.A. is not supposed to be part of the itinerary. You're supposed to just get in the caravan <laughs> and drive with everybody the two hours up to Hilton Head. That's the whole point of Hilton Head. It's to catch your breath, know, to, to get a breather. There's a fun little fun little project happening that will be seen soon. Okay, <laughs> so all right. It was well, worth I, it to bounce out to LA. <laughs> you 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 are the hardest working woman in golf media, so let, don't let me get in the way of your hustle. <laughs> Speaking of your hustle, uh the Zurich Classic this week, uh we've already established that you're going to resist the temptations of all the food, the wonderful spread that they have out there. Um, it's a cool yeah. event. I like I like that that we've kind of broken up, you know, the 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 sort of I, the monotony maybe that's overstating it but 
I like an event that's not a traditional stroke play event at this point in the calendar. Um, you know, with with uh, uh, kind of a thing where where guys can have a little bit of fun with it, and you know, it's a it's a little bit of a different vibe um, altogether. It just feels like you know, every it's a little more relaxed. Um, have you uh, encountered any? You, when does your work start in terms of of you know when you start talking to the guys and getting prepared for this? Yeah, I mean, I'll be talking to some of the guys tonight um, at a Zurich event, but it it is. It's such a fun, it's just a really fun week. I think it's fun for um, for multiple reasons. One, like you said, it's really nice to have just a change up in, um, you know, in structure. It's fun to go up and, and it's not seeing it up, you know, this week the same way, the same way as we, as we always see. So the team event in itself, I think is such a great, thing for the PGA tour to work into the schedule. Um, I'm sure guys would maybe want even more of this, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. I think one team event right now is, is awesome. In addition to obviously president's cup and, and rider cup, but um, it's also cool because we, they get to experiment with the walkout songs, right? So just, Hey, how can we incorporate things that are successful in other mainstream sports? And do they work here? in golf, which I think is so important to continue to push in our game. As we talk about growing the game, as we talk about skewing younger, um, in order to do those things, you got to try out new ways of doing things. You know, it's just, you're not going to change by saying the same. So um, I, I love that they do that. And then of course, it's always fun to see how these players choose their partners. You know, when Brooks and his younger brother play together and team up um, or guys, maybe you didn't know um, had some like really long friendships that they decide to go up and, and play together. Or, you know, even if it's just they have the same sponsor and it's, and it's a sponsorship pairing, whatever it is, usually what ends up happening is those guys end up getting to know each other better. And you see new friendships that sometimes come in really handy for Ryder Cups or President's Cups down the road. So um, it's really fun just to watch how this format um, changes the dynamic on the golf course, off the golf course, and and for years to come. So yeah, it's it's super fun from from start to finish. Yeah, and I, I, I'm I'm psyched for it. Now uh, I'm gonna let you go in a minute, but I can't let you go until you make a pick. You got to make a pick for the week. Um, there, there's some formidable teams out there. You mentioned, you know, we have the uh, the the uh, Australians, Jason Day. And Adam Scott are together. You mentioned the Ryder Cup affiliation potentially. Obviously, Sergio and Tommy Fleetwood are, are, are yeah. uh, you know forces to be reckoned with. If you uh, had to make a pick, it's Tuesday that we're taping this. Um, who's your sort of early week uh, pick? Who are you feeling right now? I think it's really hard to bet right now against Adam Scott and Jason Day. You okay. know, Adam Scott was playing so well at the Masters until that final day. Jason Day was also playing um, extremely well. So, yeah, I'm going to go Team Aussie. And then my 1B pick would be Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown because I think Kiz is obviously playing really well right now, too. And uh, those boys from Aiken, they, they love playing with each other. They were in contention here a few years back. So, uh, yeah, those are my two teams. <laughs> okay, I I like that Kisner Brown one. They're still available right now. The odds for them are like between thirty to one, thirty three to one. That's that's value. They were the fifty four hole leaders last year, and they lost in a playoff two years ago. And the boys from from Aiken uh, are are aching for a W. I mean, you know, I I, yeah. I like that that Kisner <laughs> Brown combo. I'm gonna leave it on that cheesy note, uh, Amanda. Oh, man. I'm looking I am forward. So- Stealing that, I'm stealing that, and I'm not giving you any credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I see it on television, you know you're going to get a bunch of texts from me. But what I really want to yep. see is the, is the Sunday Instagram. I want to see the beignets. I want to see the iced coffee. Hook it up uh, and, and enjoy the week. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Talk to you again soon. As always, my enormous thanks to Amanda Balionis. Can't wait to have her on again. We have Chris Vernon coming up next. But first, podcast peeps, do you miss when sports networks covered just the news and highlights without all the yelling and the fake debates? I know that I do, and that is why... 
I'm watching the CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It is a free 24-hour sports network that's built for sports fans like you and me. Love that I can get tons of highlights, analysis, and instant game reactions. Everything that matters about that game without diving into all the peripherals, political, social, like on other sports networks. And if you enjoy placing some bets, maybe allocating a little capital, competing against your friends in a fantasy league, their experts are always dishing out top picks and advice to help all of us win. Check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on and always free. No need to pay a subscription fee or have an expensive cable package. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. Now on the tee, bam! It's Chris Vernon. All right, birdie buddies, as we do here on Fairway Rolling, on to help us figure out some picks, some selections, some wagerings. Chris Vernon is on the line. Yo, Verno! Yo! My um, boy. I must tell you, House, we came down from the Masters. I flip on last weekend and uh, very surprised at what was a Rather fantastic field, considering it was the day after the Masters. I'm ready to watch Dustin Johnson run away with it after his second place at the Masters. And Saturday, he looks like Dustin Johnson that we have gotten used to over the course of the last year. And then he must have had the most awesome Saturday night that (laughs) anyone has ever had. (laughs) Because Sunday was in unmitigated disaster. Hey, now look, we're going to try and connect some dots here. This is the second time that it's happened this season. Now, DJ is the number one player in the world, and his performance this season has been outstanding. I mean, he's been on a tear between, you know, he's got the W uh, down in Mexico, a bunch of top fives, you know, fifth at the players, tied for second at the Masters. Two tournaments this year, Verno, though, where he was either, uh, you know, in the lead or a little bit behind and in either the final group or, or, or close to the final group. And that was down in Tampa, Florida at the Valspar, where he went out and shot a 74, didn't have a birdie in the final round. He was in the final group, but he did not win, shot a 74. And then here in, in his own backyard, South Carolina, a 77, a Sunday 77. Now, we don't really traffic in conspiracy theories here at Fairway Rolling very much, but Tampa, Florida, there's a couple ways to, for, for uh, a, a gentleman to go find some, some you know, off-the-course enjoyment. And I believe that, that DJ, in his own backyard in, in, in South Carolina, you know, maybe had a group of friends and 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 family around for for some Saturday night enjoyment. I'm that's I'm just trying to make some sense out of out of something that doesn't make any sense otherwise. You, you get what I'm picking okay, up? Cause, yes, because here's what we know: he obviously had a beat on the course. He was fine. He was rolling on Saturday. That that Sunday looked like. I mean, he was the 200th ranked golfer in the world. It was just bizarre um the other thing is at the beginning of that tournament i'm watching at the beginning house and uh before the delay speed comes out and it's like birdie 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 like first four holes i'm like oh hold on now yeah. looking like old jordan speed yes and then he gets done and by the weekend it's a debacle and i read yesterday that he is he is ranked speaking of 200 he is ranked over 200 in sunday scoring 200th house 200 you you know where where that number also appears is his uh strokes gained off the tee he is driving the ball terrible this season 
he is the he's, so he's one of the ten worst players off the tee on the PGA Tour, and you know we're still waiting for. It seems like it's just those six inches between his ears that is yeah. the, the 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 main obstacle to all this. Now he did show us a few glimpses at the Masters. He reminded us of what he's capable of and how comfortable he can get, but he never really you know put on that no. that speed charge where we saw his name on the on the first page of the leaderboard and start to get you know any reason to get excited uh about him but it just seems like it's going to be this season of an ongoing challenge for him and at some point he will figure it out and he's just going to win one of these tournaments when we kind of don't expect it um and he'll he'll figure out you know this just getting off the tee thing but this the, the, the weekend performances are are out of him are are befuddling cuz you know what he's not doing he's not going out in Tampa and he's not out with his buddies in 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 South Carolina that there, there right. is uh, there's that's not the explanation for for why he's not having a good time on the weekends but we'll, we'll just continue to monitor uh we'll have to get do a little deep dive maybe as this goes on and see if we can't um try and make sense. I know he's trying to make some sense out of it right do you know? Yeah, of course he is. And I thought, you know, leading into the Masters, he had done some interviews saying, you know, we finally figured it out. You know, what was wrong? I'm like, no, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't really, really figure it out. And so uh, I will tell you that I, I checked the odds before the final round of the, of, uh, of the tournament uh, this past weekend. And Dustin Johnson, you know, they'll post like to win and they'll post. He was minus 120 to win. Okay. He was in the lead, minus 120 to win. And top five to this is what kind of, this is how crazy this was. For Dustin Johnson to be in the top five going in with a lead on Sunday was minus 2,000. Wow. I don't. I mean that's terrible. That's, that's he wasn't in the top thirty. Well, he you know he finished tied for twenty eighth, so he wasn't in the oh, top okay, twenty five. Right. He, he cracked the top. He barely cracked the top thirty. He had the second worst score of the day. It's uh, it's just outrageous. So who knows what to make of it? <laughs> Probably nothing. I bet, like you said, started off this whole conversation. He got his money's worth Saturday night. That that's my suspicion. Yes. If I had to guess, yes. I would say. Because it's it, these like the Valspar and the Heritage, you know, um, it'd be great to get those W's, but it doesn't, I mean, he he doesn't really need it. He doesn't have to have it, and I just I, I was surprised that I thought we were going to get one of these. Hey, you got this monster name that's in the lead going into a Sunday. It's going to be kind of fun to watch. I certainly did not expect to be watching what I did. Um, <laughs> and speaking of not knowing what to make of it. What the hell is this tournament this weekend? <laughs> I love New Orleans. So do but, I. Like, I don't know about this whole team stuff. Well, it's I. I. I uh, we we have Amanda. I can't speak. I, Amanda Balionis is our our guest from CBS Sports, and she and I were talking about how you know it's kind of a nice break from the relentless charge of of uh, stroke play. Um, you know, that the, the, the guys are on and because the schedule is compressed, it is nice to have something that's a, a kind of a different, uh, walk of life. And there is some intrigue, you know, this, they use this event to try some stuff out. They the guys have walk-up music. Do you recall this? Do you know they have walk-up music? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they, you know, it's funny to see what they choose. Uh, the guys show a little personality. We get to see which guys choose which guys to partner with. So it's, you know, sometimes there are relationships you didn't know um, that they were out there, where there's friendships that, that go way back that we were not aware of. And they play this format um, on Thursday and Saturday. It's better ball. So that's where both guys play the whole, their own ball and whoever has the better score, that's the score that they record for the team. And then this is something that folks quibble with the Friday Sunday uh, format is alternate shot where you can have some crazy blow up stuff. Now, some folks don't like that. They do alternate shot on Sunday because it feels like a little bit uh, gimmicky, 
But this whole thing is kind of uh, uh, an exhibition as far as I'm personally concerned, so I don't really quibble with it. And I do think I love the idea of one guy putting the other guy in bad position and seeing if the guy can can scramble out of it. Um, so, but there's no real rhyme or reason uh, to 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 you know trying to pick folks. Although we have some some pretty interesting uh, well, teams. So we go ahead. I saw the I saw the Patrick team. Yes, right? team, can't team lay, Patrick. Can't lay and read. Is that right? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, that was one that one stood odds. out to me. But and the odds aren't great. Oh, no, the odds are great. And I kind of viewed this like I did our uh, sixty-four tournament. Like I don't know how to bet on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I know my boy. My boy HV three is paired up with some dude named Love Lady. And I was like, that's an awesome name. <laughs> I I I. I uh... <laughs> That's one we'll have to ask HV3 about, you know, his relationship with, with Mr. Love Lady and how they came up with it. Now, I do think there is a little bit of value out here. Now, the the, the chalk for this tournament is uh, Jason Day and Adam Scott, uh, both of whom are coming off of an outstanding Masters performance. Jason Day had one of the low rounds of the day on Sunday and, you know, finished in the top five, I believe. And uh, Adam Scott was right there in contention until Sunday. Those guys are are in in top form. You also have that's, called, uh, that's, that's actually called Team No Emotion. <laughs> well, they're or they're Australian. Team, I don't. What do you want me to do? Team Boring Conversation. I guess that's right. Uh, and then you have uh, uh, Tommy Fleetwood paired with Sergio. So you have that Ryder Cup vibe. You know those guys will yes. be feeding off of each other. Uh, that's a pretty good one. You have uh team I I guy stole this, Pat Mayo, um, who does a, a a great show every week uh for Fantasy National. He called him Team Sherlock. That's JB Holmes and Bubba Watson. Holmes and Watson, <laughs> Team Sherlock. Uh that I like that. That's two bombers, and those two bombers are available at 18 to 1. You know that that's that's one where they might feed off each other, trying to hit the hell out of the, the golf ball. And Bubba Watson has played this golf course pretty good. And then uh, uh, Brooks Kepka is playing with his brother, and there's some intrigue there because his brother doesn't have any status at all on on like any tour. And if Brooks <laughs> uh, carries him, you know, if if Brooks gets hot, and 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 you know, he, first of all, he can help his brother collect a check but if they win his brother gets two years status because the winners get the same status as though you're winning a, a regular pga tour event well what we need to happen is for it's chase right chase kepka yes exactly. we need yeah we need him to carry brooks that's when we would get <laughs> real drama right if they're just uh, using like all of his shots <laughs> I, I i well that's i'm we're we're gonna go ahead we'll do uh we're going to do a, a just a, a, a real quick epic flash pick of the week. Callaway continues to have the most worldwide driver wins, Verno. Most PGA Tour driver wins of any brand this year. The epic flash is the number one selling driver model in the United States. Callaway, the number one driver brand. You know this epic flash. They use artificial intelligence to develop this flash face technology, uh, you know, machine learning. And you and I have been on the machine trying to do some learning, trying to figure out who the hell might win this thing. Uh, I just went through some names. Now, the odds aren't aren't great for the, for the chalk. Uh, out of the names that I mentioned, maybe somebody you've been looking at otherwise, do you have a pick for us this week? I like the Patrick team. Okay. They're they're right there at 12 to 1. Cantley obviously yeah. is hot. He had a great uh, performance. Yes. At the Masters, then he, he uh, validated it with a tie uh, tie for second uh, at, at the Heritage. I don't know about about Patrick Reed. Uh, he seemed like he was content to just pass along the green jacket uh, at the Masters. I'm not sure. I just thought it was. I just thought it was too. Like these are two good guys. They're, they're both. I mean, not, not good like personality wise. They're both good players and. They're also not guys that I'm too terribly worried about, you know, blowing up. You know, like that, you could see that Sergio Fleetwood thing going like a hundred different ways. Yes, if they are really, if they locked in, they could be amazing. But who knows? I like it. I I feel you. I'm going to go with. You know, they're, uh, they're, just kinda, they're just kind of both steady. I feel like they'll, like, you know, steady guys that when you pair them together, 
they're going to have like a birdie putt on every hole, and it's just going to be a matter of whether they make it or not. Well, and and, and Reed's, uh, you know, well earned reputation for team golf. I mean, he's 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 yes. had a lot of success playing team golf, so he's playing with a pretty steady guy. If Cantley doesn't get him out of position. Uh, you know, you feel like Patrick, you know, he can set aside whatever form he's in individually and come out in, in the team thing and ride that kind of team vibe and it's some success. They're out there at 12 to one right now. Those aren't great odds, but you know, for the kind of form that Cantley showed, he's been in the mix to win both the masters and the RBC heritage. That, that feels like, you know, not, not the worst. I I'm going to go with guys that have been. Uh, around the the leaderboard in this event um, the past two years. I'm going with Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown. They're available right now at 30 between 30 to one and 33 to one. That feels like value. They had the 54 hole lead at this event last year and they lost in a playoff two years ago. Two boys from from Aiken, Georgia, who clearly like each other and like playing with each other. Uh, and also I've seen Kevin Kisner with a couple cases of beer on the back of his cart. That's enough for me. I think for this kind of format, uh, you know, that, that would be a thing, by the way, if they want to innovate, let the guys put a six sixer in, in, you know, in the caddy bag and let them walk around and, you know, that all, there ought to be a, an opportunity with a sponsor. They, they pop the top, let them have a cool one while they're out there walking around. Let's really let this thing breathe a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah, and let them uh, let, let them act like they would. Okay, because this is it's kind of like what if we could get rid of like, you're already halfway or more than halfway there in terms of getting yes. rid of a lot of the button up stuff. Like, what if it, I would like it for it to be like the same way that me and my buddies go out and and scramble? Let them gamble on it. Let them. Yes. Okay, let them let, uh, let you know what I mean. Let us, uh, let, you know, get the boom mics around them where they could uh, they could go double or nothing on the on the putt. Let them uh, uh, let them gamble on it. Let them drink. Let them do just like every other guy does when they go out there on the weekends with their buddies. That's exactly it. I couldn't agree with you more. I want to see Kiz yell out, you know, uh, at, at Kepka or whoever they're they're playing with. Yo, Brooks, a hundred dollars closest to the pin. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we do. Let's 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 you really know, let had, it play out. I, I had this buddy. I had this buddy who was uh, it, it, one of his one of his college friends that he was very close with was from Florida. Long story short, you put it together, and he ends up in a situation where the, his his buddy's dad was friends or, or like a, an acquaintance of Tiger down in Florida. Right? This is years ago. This is when Tiger is Tiger. And so my buddy gets to go play golf, like just at their home course with them. And I was like, so what was it like? Did he even talk to you or whatever? And he was like, he was the coolest. And I was like, what? And he was like, <laughs> dude, he's got this, he's got a freaking golf cart with like rims on it. He was blaring rap the whole time. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, yes, dude. It was just like, how you would think, I, I'll never forget my opinion changing so much that like everything I see on TV and whatever I would imagine, that he just, you know, if he's just playing at his home course, he's hanging out, he's got his own cart with the ribs on it. He was blaring rap music while he's playing golf, you know, listening to music on the course. And I'm like, good grief. Like, I would love to get to see these guys acting how they act. Yeah, that's exactly right. Though Now, there is a video of Kisner. This is when I knew I was going to love Kisner. Uh, where he got he he had a whole crew of his pals Callaway uh, help with this I think uh, and you can look it up Kevin Kisner uh, I think he the, the 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 legend is that he got kicked out of his club because they were racing <laughs> carts uh, as part of this video but they get they put six cases of beer and he's out with all of his buddies none of whom are any good at golf he's the only one that's you know they're good they're good they're like the yeah. rest of us right they're like you know single digit handicaps some of them and some double digit handicaps and they all talk smack to all of them there's like 12 of them out there playing and the carts are racing around there might have been a cart accident but that's when i knew that kevin kidner was going to be my guy for life because that this is what you know just to your point like i want to see what these guys are, are, are like, uh, you know, in terms of enjoying the game of golf, like it is interesting because of the version of professional golf that we watch, 
you don't you can't really tell who's having fun. The guys who win, <laughs> those are the guys who have fun. But what about everybody else? Are they having any fun out there? Right. Or is it just a job and they can't, you know what I mean? They, yeah. home, they just need to decompress like somebody else. It's like a regular day job. Uh, that's exactly right. Well, we, we, we have it set up. You're going with the uh, team Patrick. I've got Kisner yeah. and Brown and uh, we'll compare notes next week. Uh, see how we did. Thanks, Verno. You bet. Thanks. Us. Now, now on the team, bam, it's Megan Schuster. Yo, Schusty, how you doing? I'm amazing, House. How are you? I mean, I'm I'm good, but not as good as a certain dude down there in Jupiter, Florida, who's walking around in his normal gym attire, <laughs> but he's he's dressing it up with something a little bit extra. Our 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 pal is on the prowl, Schusty. I gotta say, I don't think anyone's doing quite as well as our man in Jupiter, Florida is these days. But in honor of uh, recording with you and talking about this topic house, I just had to tell you that I'm also wearing a green jacket today. So great times, great times. Your um, commitment, your commitment to the to the to the content is is nothing short of admirable, Schusty. Thank you, thank you. Um, so a little refresher on Friday night, five days, a mere five days after his Masters win. Tiger Woods was spotted out at the Woods Jupiter restaurant, his restaurant uh, in Florida. He was out with his girlfriend, Erica Harmon. And, you know, his his fit was pretty, pretty inspiring house. I got to say, he decided to pair his newly minted green jacket uh, along with a Nike dry fit shirt, a baseball cap and gym shorts as if he was coming straight from the gym and just had to throw on a jacket to make it into dinner. Um, so I had to, we had to talk about this. I mean, how does the masters have any rules about where you are allowed to wear the jacket? Because if they didn't already, it feels like those are coming. Well, I don't think it's a wear, but they do have an expectation in terms of the overall presentation. Mm -hmm. They do have a, like, it's not a, a stated policy, but there are, is kind of an unwritten understanding that if you're going to wear the jacket, you'll have on at least like some slacks, some loafers, <laughs> even, you know, designer jeans, something that that really, you know, where the, where the, where the jacket um, is paired properly with the rest of the ensemble. Now, look, this, this is Tiger on number five and Tiger on number 15 is fifth Masters is 15th major. And I guess he just wanted to show his swag. <laughs> I had a few questions that I wanted to ask you. I wanted to know kind of what went into this decision, if it was sort of a premeditated look where he was like, you know what, I'm just going to go out. I'm going to wear my gym clothes. It's going to be a whole look. Or if he was just like, like shocked by a spur of the moment dinner request, had this thing in his trunk and decided to throw it on ahead of dinner. Now there's no chance that the green jacket is in his trunk. There's no he. There's no way. Now even even with him feeling himself, you know, in his own feels, the jacket is on a hanger in a place of prominence fair, because you know he fair. gets he ha, he gets it for a year. Uh, I believe now I like the idea of this spontaneous dinner invitation. I think he's like okay, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll come on over now. Uh, let me see. I, I want to add a little spice to this. I want to add a little <laughs> flavor. He's because he, by Friday, he's caught up on his sleep. He's done with all his media stuff. And now it's time to like, go ahead and, and, and be the master's winner a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's done it a whole bunch of times. Uh, in the, and he's headed to his own restaurant, which is a, you know, familiar environment. And, and he knows what kind of, a patrons are going to be in there right. and he's just going to give everybody honestly tiger this is tiger as a man of the people shusty i believe he put it on to give everybody at the at the restaurant the added thrill of not just him showing up on a friday night unannounced unexpected but that green jacket showing up on a friday night takes it to a whole i mean the picture that we saw was some random dude in in you know pink pants or pink short right. holding up his baby, <laughs> and there's Tiger in a green jacket standing next to him. Yeah, I, I think mean, you're. I think you're right. I, I think there was it was a little bit of a showmanship involved because all the photos from it that I saw, 
they they weren't like promo shots or like, hey, look at Tiger walking into the, you know, the woods with his green jacket on. It was all like snipes from like inside the restaurant where people were like clearly sitting down to dinner and saw him walk past and were like, oh, let me get a quick picture of this, which was just great. It was really funny to see. Yeah. So, so uh, good on them. I hope there are another like 150 examples of this. I hope it's kind of like uh, one of these things where, where it's uh, what, what do they call it? The gnome or the, or the, you know, where's Waldo. He just shows up in the most random ass places, uh, you know, walks of life that you kind of wouldn't think of tiger. Now him in his own restaurant, that's his walk of life. Right. But I'd love for him to, to just take the green jacket on this, on this tour his fifth, this unbelievable once in a lifetime comeback moment. Take the green jacket to some places it hasn't been. I mean, you know, has it been to Iceland? Has <laughs> it been, you know, in the hot springs? Has it seen the northern lights? Let's 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 let the thing out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Could he play with it at other major tournaments house? Like, or even just, you know, bring it to the driving range just to intimidate everybody around you. I think the range is more likely. I mean, I don't think you, he would he would dare wear it. It would be disrespectful to wear it uh, in, in in anything that looked like actual play. But you know, showing up at at whatever the the dinners of the week. If he goes to the mm. PGA Championship, you know, in New York, and and shows up at a couple of the the uh, events of the week, the run up to the week uh, in, in the jacket, uh, sure. Like you know, yeah. he, he's yeah. sending a message like, hey. You remember it was, it was just a month ago. I'm back. <laughs> but just let, in let, case let. you needed another reminder, here it is. Yeah. Here we go, boys. It's <laughs> on. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm 100%. Let, let, let's do that thing. Yeah, I fully support it. I want to see it at Dodger games. I want to see it on his next fishing trips. Maybe like Mac Daddy Santa 2.0 with the green jacket. I, yes. I'm ready for all of it. Yes, ready for all of it. Speaking of ready for for everything, uh, this week, the Zurich Classic down in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's a little bit of a breather, a little bit of a relaxed kind of vibe. Team golf, uh, walk-up music, food is kind of the main event as much as anything else. <laughs> and uh, like it's, in that respect, a little bit of an odyssey. Oh, speaking of odyssey, <laughs> odyssey, the number one putter in golf this week uh, at, at the RBC Heritage, the number one. Uh, putter in play, 49 putters in play at the RBC, RBC Heritage Odyssey, number one in worldwide usage and number one in worldwide wins by far this year. Shane Lowry had one uh, in his bag, and he was out there uh, doing great things with it. He was a brand new um, XO model made for him, XO two ball stroke lab putter, and he had a damn good week with it. So, uh, Odyssey is doing its thing out there. Um, CallawayGolf.com is the place where you can check out your own Odyssey configuration. Now, speaking of the Odyssey of this event, I mentioned the walk-up music. We were fortunate enough to be taping this as the uh, information about the various selections came out. I haven't had a chance to look at the list yet, Schusty. Talk to me about, about who's doing what with these songs. Yes, yes. So my favorite part about this tournament and this just started last year is the fact that Saturday after, you know, half or however many of the groups are cut, um, the remaining groups left get to choose their own walk-up music for Saturday's round. So this just started last year. It was a new kind of thing. People were feeling it out. There are a lot like lots of Metallica choices. Um, there was a nice Hakuna Matata selection from Charles Schwartzel and Louis Oosthuizen. Um And this year, it seems uh, the selections have not necessarily gotten a lot more original, but uh, they are released and there are some fun ones. So I think the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about was I came into this wondering who and how many groups would pick Old Town Road and Baby Shark. And it turns out that uh, those people got the meme hints. So four different groups picked Old Town Road, including Harold Varner III and Tom Lovelady, which I just have to say, I think that name those two names along with that song choice is like my favorite <laughs> pairing of the week already. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we, we have a special Verno uh, mentioned that, that HV three is playing with, with love lady. Mm -hmm. I, I can't wait to hear how those two uh, came together, what the friendship is about, <laughs> but it, you, just on the name basis alone, it's really the best. It's, it's just incredible. So proper. Um, and then we also have two groups that pick baby shark. So if those, if all those teams make it through to Saturday, expect to hear, uh, a lot of both of those jams. 
Um, and I have to say, the pairing that I think I was most looking forward to seeing what they picked was the duo of Pat Perez and Jason Duffner. Um, I was hoping it would be original, and it was. It's a song called 2019 by Bazanji, I think. And if you, like me, had not heard of that artist before today, um, I found an article about him from back in 2015 that said he was an aspiring rapper slash dentist. So leave it to those two to pick uh, a song from an original artist. Deep cuts out of Pat Perez <laughs> and, and, and uh, our boy Duff Daddy. Not Not that surprising that those two would go way, way, way uh, deep and off the off the playlist uh, with their selection. I I I am looking for you know. Uh, I I did a quick scan of the list. Not very much uh, rap this year. Mm-hmm. The, the guys are going more in a, in a kind of a rock thing. The old, old Town Road doesn't count. Uh, that's a country song, as far as I'm concerned. It should be number one on the the country list. I got to figure that out. Yeah. But I, I, all I see, I see a Drake, a Little Wayne. Uh, Lil Wayne, pardon me, and a, and a uh, and a and a Biggie Smalls, Hudson Swafford, and West Roach are doing uh, a little bit of Biggie, but you know, yeah. I, I expected a little bit more uh, rap out of the groups, but it, it's a it's a good uh, uh, representation. I'm not sure. Now, let me ask you. I'm gonna put you on this spot. Mm-hmm. You have your uh, at this event. You've made the cut. You're walking out there Saturday. What are you persuading your partner ought to be the walkout music? Ooh, that's a tricky one. Um, hmm, I'd have to think about that. Do you have one in mind, House? Well, I do, obviously. I have a couple things because I, <laughs> I, you know, House really sets it up, you know, so yeah, sets up yeah. a, a few different uh, options. Obviously, the classic I'm housing by oh, EPM, EPMD. Yeah. And then I would have my choice of either playing the EPMD version or, uh, the good gentleman at Rage Against the Machine did an updated rock version. So then oh. I, I might, you know, it could be at half and a half and half vibe, but I would have to persuade my partner that I'm housing is, is, <laughs> is the right thing to come out to. It's got a great uh, vibe to it. So I, I, I don't think it would be a hard, hard thing to persuade. Would mm-hmm. you go in a classic direction or would you go for something more contemporary, Shusty? I think I'd go a little more contemporary. Maybe some uh, some nice Beyonce throwing, oh, throwing sure, something sure. down. You know, just, just throwing that in the mix. Not a lot of female artists on this list either. So you got to represent there. Um, I like that. Yeah. So I, th- I think, you know, probably something along those lines. I will That's say, I will say in, along the rap vein, like you were talking about, one of my favorite choices of this week was the Kepka brothers going with bad boys for life by Diddy, (laughs) (laughs) which is also, if you remember house, the song that Gronk and Tom Brady used in an Instagram video after they beat the chiefs in the AFC uh, championship game. So it it was pretty good. A lot of traction for that song lately. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, all the heroes are, are, are playing that song. We're rooting for big things out of the Kepka brothers this week. All right, Shusty, we'll see you on, on Saturday. Uh, who makes the cut and what songs come out. We'll compare notes uh, next week on it, okay? Yeah, that sounds great. All right, talk to you. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.